0: postpartum, and the early childhood years. Are you ready to live the life of your dreams? This is an amazing conversation that I had with Madeline. We get into how to create boundaries, how to love yourself so much that you can walk away from people that no longer are supposed to be in your life, or just say no to activities that don't work for you anymore. We go into how she needs to trust her intuition and ways to do so. And we talk about how her childhood conditioning is creating this people pleaser inside of her that always has to say yes. She learns ways to walk away from family members and friends that no longer serve her highest good. This is what mystical motherhood is all about. You becoming the best person and the best woman you can be to raise your children. To learn more about all this, head over to mysticalmotherhood.com. Fertile, my new book, will be released this summer, 2019. Madeline, tell me what's going on with you.
1: Oh, hi. It's so good to chat with you today, Chelsea. I'm really excited. Um, So a lot has been going on. I've been feeling a lot better um, than the last time we spoke, which is wonderful. Um, I'm almost at 27 weeks, but two big things that happened this week that I want to talk about. One um, being I was really annoyed about the glucose test and I didn't feel, I just felt like I didn't want to drink the glucosa. And I, I, my intuition was like, try to push for another alternative because I know sometimes they let you do that. And I didn't, I was like, you know what? I'm pushing against a lot of things. Let me just play along. Well, I got a like higher score, um, like a, like a, not an alarming score, but a score where they're like, you have to, we might have a problem here and you might have to take the three hour test. Um, and I was really, really upset on a couple different levels. One, cause I was like, could I really have, gestational diabetes. Holy crap. Um, and then on another, cause I felt like I didn't even trust the test. So like one of the larger conversations I want to have as, you know, I know you're so good at kind of feeling into these things is, you know, am I eating the right things? Am I not? I, I was really in this vein of trusting my body and felt like things were going great. And then I feel like that sort of, um, rattled it a little bit but the good news is my midwives are I, cuz I called and I kind of said how I was feeling and I was like look I I never drink things that are fakey sugar eat like fakey sugar very much so I could be that my body just freaked out and they're letting me take it again with orange juice the one hour so that I would, I'm, so we'll see what happens next week. And then if I get a high score again and I, you know, then I'll totally play along. We'll do the three hour. I'll see what's happening. But that was like, you know, it was one of those frustrating, like I didn't trust my intuition. And then I don't like how it's made me sort of doubt that I was feeling good. And I was feeling like I'm eating the right things and baby's doing well. And, you know, so that was one big thing. Let's and then talk that-
0: about that first and then right. talk about the other things. So first off with the gestational diabetes test, it's really frightening for every woman. And when you said, I don't normally eat these kind of things. And then you're questioning your own diet is exactly the reason why I believe that test isn't necessarily accurate yeah. for the normal woman that is incredibly healthy because right. your, what you, what you, your diet I know is amazing and it's excellent, but it's not the norm. So your, though your, your diet is fruits and vegetables and nutrition and, you know, herbal supplements and probably chaga and all those like yeah. ridiculously yeah. Exactly. nutri you know, filling and, and excellent health suppliers, right. For nutrition, that's not the average diet. So as in my clinical practice, you know, when a woman comes in, I I can see even by their energetic field or who they are, what what they're eating. And even if they think they're eating healthy, if I go over what they're really eating, if we look into the details of it, it's, it's awful. And so there, that test, when you are really healthy woman and you take that test, your body is never eats. You're never going to, you have never done that before. And so never. it's interesting when I, when I birthed my children, yeah. I birthed them at home, which a lot of people don't agree with, but I chose to do that. And I know you are too. And I, and I was working yeah. in labor and delivery. Yeah. And so I was working at the hospital where you there's all these normal tests. Right. And then, but my, my midwife said for everyone who we birth. We have found that they come, all of these women, all of our patients fail this gestational test, every one of them. And, but yet we know they all don't have gestational diabetes because they are working with, you know, a different, a different crowd of women. So 1% of United States birth their children at home. And that 1% is going to not saying that, you know, the 90 other percent of women who birth their children in the hospital are, are, all like, not like this too. Right, there are right. a percentage, but that 1% is a different kind of a, a woman. They, the, the woman who chooses to birth their child at home is prepping in a way that no other woman really is because they have to be successful. And right. so they're doing everything and they're, they're prepping for a baby. They know that this baby is a business. Like a woman would create a business. You're creating life on the way. So you're putting everything into creating this life. Yeah. And so, so you're going to be having a different way of going about nutrition too. So basically back to the story, every single one of their patients and this, she, I had met her after 30 years of practice. How many thousands of babies? I do not know. I was her last birth, and she says we don't do that test anymore because it doesn't work for our our group,
1: right, and so that we makes say so eat so much better.
0: Yeah. I'm so she idea. said, eat the biggest sandwich um, that you can possibly eat. She's like, eat the heaviest meal that you will ever eat. You know, that you would ever manage to eat. So for me, I got a huge turkey sandwich, one of those huge bread you know, ton of carbs oh, yeah. with a ton of cranberry sauce. And I had potato chips and pickles and like yeah. a heavy, heavy meal. Maybe it's a burger. Maybe it's something with a lot of carbohydrates. And I ate that. And then I took the test and she goes, that would be the highest sugar your intake of your body would have. She's like, you've never eaten a lot of sugar. It won't. It's not. That was her. It, maybe a ton of doctors and any other medical professionals would think that's crazy but I had healthy children. Um, I didn't question it anyway.
1: Well, I think so much of it too was even just like, I, cause I am seeing a midwife practice and you, as you know, I am doing a home birth and we'll talk about that more in a moment. But I, I, it was like, I almost, I was so annoyed about the test and I, I didn't, I don't think I got in my own head cause I was really trying to be at peace. I was like, let it go, let it go. But there was, it was almost like a part of me knew that I was going to fail it. It And I, and it was a great reminder to just say, I didn't need to be annoying about it, but since I am seeing a slightly more flexible healthcare provider right now, you know, I, I could have just said, Hey, like, I'm happy to do orange juice. I don't drink orange juice a lot. I know it has a ton of sugar in it, but I'm like that. That makes me feel far more comfortable because it comes from a fruit than a chemicalized substance that my body doesn't recognize. You know what I mean? Like, it almost makes, and I even think for your listeners, like we as women by the medical profession are taught so often to doubt our intuition and to just trust the doctors for everything when it was sort of like just a tiny bit of pushback. And they're like, okay, you can do orange juice, just bring it in. So we can like, look at the bottle and look at the sugar content and make sure you're all good. Like that's to me, that was such a win. That's such a better option for the sandwich. That's amazing. And I feel like, I, I just kind of feel like this has been a lesson of, you know, we need to push back. Well, it's so the best more, it test that be the medical, it, has, it I don't know.
0: Well, that gestational diabetes test with the drinking of the sugar is the best test that they have right now. Yeah, so it's true. sort of, you know, like Western medicine. I just heard a fact the other day that let's say that new protocols are put out. It takes 17 years from a new protocol that's put out a new, you know, like let's, we could even give the example of HPV testing. I'll I'll discuss it in a second, but um, they used to test HPV, you know, I, I even remember like within the last 10 years, since when I was younger, if you had HPV, they got very, I mean, the kind now they're finding are healing, but they would use this procedure called the loop procedure. And the loop procedure is basically burning the cells off the cervix. And what they didn't know, they thought this was a great procedure. They thought, oh, we're, you know, we're saving these women. Let's burn their cervixes and take off part, you know, part of these cells, which they thought would turn into cancer because that's what they thought HPV was at the time. Well, they found throughout time that the um, HPV, these women that were having this loop procedure were then not able to get pregnant or would have incompetent cervixes or would go into preterm labor or would not be able to actually open their cervix at labor because of the scarring. So they would end up having a C-section. So the trauma of of that was far beyond what we can imagine, right? And the consequences is something that 10 years later. So if we, in order to understand where we are now, we have to be intelligent and educated enough to know where we came from. Mm -hmm. And so when I worked with, this is interesting, but when I worked with Ina Mae Gaskin, I'm just, this is kind of coming out, but I want to tell the story because it's Mm -hmm. really interesting. So I had the opportunity to train with Ina Mae Gaskin and her story is, is they were, this this group from San Francisco moved out to Tennessee because they wanted to start a commune, basically live together in peace, right, in the 1960s. And so she became the, 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 the midwife, not even knowing how to be a midwife. She just was assigned the task. Everybody was having babies, so she had to birth them. Yeah. And then she moved into this. Um, commune and the women were still having babies so she had to train herself in midwifery and the only way to do that was to go to the library and read old texts on birth and she really wanted to understand the historics of it yeah. and really what happened and so she looked at you know the ways that instruments were designed and you know when when when, when they were creating Instruments to help they thought were helping women or these different things, technologies. Technology is always changing, but this was there to, and we're grateful for technology because we're now able to, you know, transfer embryos, for example, right? But we don't know what we don't know, yeah, and we don't know the damage things done is done until years later. I'm not saying the gestational diabetes test is damaging, but it may not work for everybody. Like the leap procedure wasn't necessary for everybody. And HPV is now shown if you have, just so anyone who's listening, if you need to get a pap smear, this is random, but it's just coming out. For example, you don't want to have it before you're 21. And then when you're 21 and up, you can have it every three to five years, depending on if you get a high resolution test or you, you know, you actually get the pap with it and your results. So you need to make sure that your health professional knows the, the newest and the most, like mm. the, the new evidence that's coming out about, about science and about health so that they can keep up right. and be
1: open. Right. Yeah, that makes me feel so much better. And it was actually really funny. One of my, like, dearest friends who all, I mean, I know I'm very healthy, but she takes my health to, like, another level. She failed it by one point the day after me, and she said she was, like, so upset and all, you right. know, same thing. So it's like, wait a minute. where Something's wrong when that's happening. You know what I mean? It's, and. So anyway, so that was just, I don't know, that was, that really made me feel good to hear that from you. And so the other, a couple other things about the birth, um, I, as you know, I'm having a home birth and it was really a, I feel like the baby decided it. I remember exactly where I was and I was sitting down and I just got this, like my intuition always speaks to me in my voice and it's like always a little soft and it's always a little random. And I, it was like in my voice. I was sitting down. I was very early pregnant, and it was just like clear as a bell, but soft. I'm like you're having this baby at home, and it was just like no drama, no whatever. You know, I have a lot of doctors in my family, and so um, it's been. Um, while it hasn't been an internal battle at all, and it's it's taken a little while to get my husband to be like really truly in my corner supportive. Cause understandably he, you know, he's super grounded. He's like, wait a minute. Like, don't you want, you know, that sounds scary, da da da. But he's really come around. And he's been amazing, amazing, amazing. And, but I'm just noticing like, there's a couple people's fear that I tend to interact with a lot. My mother-in-law, um, some of my aunts and uncles, some of my cousins that are just, it's like, it's kind of, it's just, it's not even that it's, nothing they will say will make me change my mind that's what's funny I mean unless of course there was some sort of health emergency then I will be totally responsible and go to a hospital if I need to no problem but in terms of my planning and you know my vision it's they're not helping anything by telling me how worried they are and how much they wish I would do something else. And it's just making me really angry and it's making me want to like cut these people out of my life when they're actually like really loving, supportive family members. So I, I, any advisement on that or just okay? yes, I have a lot. Yeah.
0: Um, first off the reason I, created mystical motherhood in its way is it really has a lot to do with motherhood, but it has a lot to do with life. And so your example of me, I, I'm i making a choice in my life that my intuition feels right. And it, it is the same. It's the same as the gestational diabetes test. So you're going against the grain. And as you begin to awaken, which is what mystical motherhood talks about is your, your, your awakening is going to be different than everyone around you. Mm -hmm. And, and, and as you begin to fully awaken and become incredibly intuitive and become that multidimensional self, which is awakening that where abundance is flowing in. And it's just like you more is more is more is more and not in a greedy way, but in a, how can I give way? Right. That's what we're getting towards for for full awakening. Right. When that begins to happen, you begin to take an alternative path. And every single thing you do, it won't look the same as the society and the culture that you have grown up in. And, and because of that, it's so different. People will question you and in, in, in your sanity with every choice you make. <laughs> and in, in the birth is one example of it. It will continue to become another choice after the birth. It will continue right. to, it will, inti- it will continue to be It could come in the way you parent your child. It could come in your choices and your spirituality. It will come. It's not the birth. It's you. Hmm. It's nothing to do with the birth. It has to, I mean, the birth is an, an example of it. Yeah. But it's 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 the it's the Robert who wrote that poem doesn't matter the name of the guy but yeah, yeah. there's two there's two yeah. Yeah. there's two, two paths yeah. in a in a in the woods and I chose the one less traveled by, it's and that's right. what awakening is it's it's because because when you're not awakened when you're in a really dense state and this is what my new book fertile is all about is releasing the density from the women so that they become yeah. fertile and fertility is not just having a baby. Fertility is the production of a book. The fertility is the production of a company. Fertility is what we need to get back to that really, that goddess like energy of like, let's let creativity flow. But I chose through the process of creating a child. So when you begin to take away, when you begin to see everything that you're not, so that would be like the belief systems that you have to do things a certain way. Um, Belief systems on your worth, on, on who you think you are. Like we have an identification of this is what it looks like to be a mother. So, and this is what it looks like to be a woman. And, and that maybe is, I get married to this for me. It was, I get, I, I will, for, I mean, I guess I'll get personal, but I was married to a a successful wealthy man and, And we had houses and we traveled and, but I was so lonely and I thought that that's what marriage looked like. And I thought it was, but it had to break down for me to really, I had to follow my intuition and and let go of everything. So with back to this birth, this making sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And back to your birth, you're going to start as you awaken and you are what full blooming, right? You're going to start to make choices and do, and have decisions and have viewpoints and have a new reality that no one else will understand. And no one else will see it because they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And the, it's because it's alternative to them. They have no perception of what you're talking about. And because of that, you'll lose a lot of friends. They mm-hmm. won't even be able to be in your field anymore, and they mm-hmm. won't know why they cannot call you. Mm-hmm. They won't understand, and then it, it would be so painful. It's why? Why can't they call me? Why don't they? And they don't know why. I they, oh I'd even had friends I say to about me
1: this with a friend two weeks ago who was just like, "No, <laughs> remember? It's crazy. It's happening."
0: Yeah, and it's and it's because it's because you're on different radio stations. Yeah, and so you're beginning to think differently. You're beginning to feel differently. Your DNA is different. It is not the same as your family's anymore, Mm -hmm. especially after you did the stairs of to completely liberate yourself. And so this is, and you're going to have to let go of family members. Yeah. And it sounds so crazy, but especially when you're pregnant, I wrote this in fertile a lot is that. So if we know that consciousness is like a movie and there's all these players in the movie, right? And everything you think, feel, do, say, and are is creating the movie for the baby. There are some characters that are not necessary for the consciousness of this movie or for the, the screenplay. And they're just not going to, like, you don't even want the baby to be like them. You can appreciate them. Right. You can love them from afar um, but if you're creating a movie of your life, like in, for this child and in general, anyone who's not even pregnant can understand this, but if you're creating this screenplay, cause your mind, you are the writer of a, a screenplay for this movie. And if you're like, if the baby is watching a movie, you can think of the womb as a movie theater. Hmm. and. And all the people are the characters and all the drama are your belief systems of the way things are supposed to be is creating the programming of the movie that's playing for the child. And it's probably for 95% of the time, the same movie for each child. Yeah. But if you're going on that path of awakening, it's going to be an alternative movie. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? And so totally. if you're getting the, the higher, you know, you're growing. When you outgrow people, places, and things that no longer serve you. And it right. seems so painful, mm. but they will be ripped away from you. And that's back to the elements of like wind will take away what no longer serves you. Fire mm. will will burn it if you will not let it go. Water will drown you in emotions to free you mm. from anything that doesn't serve your highest self. And am, am, am I getting off subject or does this make sense?
1: This so Interesting. You know, I love it. I think it's really true. I guess one of the complications and it doesn't have to be a complication, but my family, my in-laws and my immediate family both live very close and they both are trying to be very helpful, and I've invited them to be helpful. Like, for instance, my mother-in-law, it gives her a lot of meaning to come over once a week. And, like, she came over when I was really sick with morning sickness for a couple weeks, and it was super helpful because she would, like, walk the dog, tidy the house a little bit, bring some food, like, so nice, right? So healing. And she's a beautiful person, but, again, she can at times have a lot of negativity, a lot of worry. And I've noticed, especially lately, I'm like, I, I don't, I cannot be around you. you. You are kind, you mean well, but her, she's so stuck mm-hmm. in her patterns. But like, we've agreed upon this weekly visiting schedule. And I mean, what I could do, what she does is she, she, it gives her a lot of meaning now. I'm not sick, I'm fine. But it gives her a lot of meaning to be like, I go and help once a week. And and. I appreciate that. I could just not be here. Like I could just let her hang out with the dog and not be in the house. That's, that's an option.
0: So you, okay. You know, remember this, you have no obligation to do anything you don't want to. And, and that's another part of that high self-worth that you like all women need to understand is we have some sort of it's ingrained, the, it is ingrained in us to be people pleasers yeah. and it's a belief system and a, it's almost, so when I work with clients, as you know, I go through each part of their soul basically and anything that holds them back from true freedom of their yeah. full expansion needs to go. And one of our personalities as a woman is the over pleaser. And that's because it's the little child in us that wants to be seen and wants to be loved. will do anything to please another. And it's almost like an entity that is not your personality. Because in every single instance you've talked about throughout this whole conversation has been, this doesn't feel right, but yet I'm doing it. Hmm. And, and you've always been that person that really wants your intuition to grow. And everybody's right. always asking me, how can I increase my intuition? Don't go against your best judgment. Right. And then your intuition, you'll trust yourself. You'll trust yourself in building intuition and becoming clairvoyant is a natural state for women. Right. Totally. And you, and anytime you don't trust yourself, you're going against you. You won't build that. Like you won't build that intuition inside. Boundaries when you're pregnant are the number one most important thing. I wrote an entire section on it in my new book, fertile.
1: Yeah.
0: So there's Yogi Bhajan. I think guru Jagat said it in a session one time and I did not forget it. She said, he said when it gets intense with somebody, when it gets really intense and the energy's off, don't engage them slip away. Yeah. And you've, and, and so what we do is we think, and engaging could be people pleasing and engaging could be, um, doing something you don't want to do. And, you know, it could be having a conference, hanging out with a friend. You're like, I just don't want to do that slip. Yeah. And especially if you're around toxic people while you're pregnant, anybody who doesn't fit into your reality of what you want this child to be programmed with, or what even if you're not pregnant right now, what you, what do you want your life to look like? You don't have to people please. And if you have this entity within you that is an overpleaser, an overachiever, or it's only your little girl saying, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because you need to, it's a, it's your little girl crying out for more love for yourself. Mm. And you've got to go to that little girl and you've got to go to the place in time and space in your childhood where you started to please. Mm. So where was it in you? Was there a moment in time? And you might not remember right now. I mean, but I could probably find it for you, but that you yeah. were, that you, that you just started to say, I, I want to make you happy for you. I feel like it was with your dad.
1: Totally. It was with dad and father figures. Cause yeah. I had another like father figure I really looked up to young. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to make you happy. And, um, I want to please you because, um, that's what love looks like right now. Yeah. But there's all forms of love and trusting your instincts when you're pregnant and slipping away from toxic, abusive, or neglectful relationships is critical because you become more intuitive when you're pregnant and situations that once looked okay become incredibly obvious of their tendency for toxicity.
1: Mm, This is so important for me to hear because your
0: mama bear instincts are, are kicking in
1: right and I there was a moment with the mother-in-law that I almost like yelled at her because I couldn't she was talking about the home birth and I was almost like you need to get out of my house like I, I almost uh, snapped and I I don't want it to get to like that but I would uh, but I think it's either like not being around managing the times that she comes or having a, a kind but tough conversation with her where I just say, like, the best way to support me is to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And if you are not doing that, I'm going to have to ask you like, gently to not be around as much, you know?
0: Right. And I've done that conversation with people. Um, I've done the, you know, it really hurts my feeling when you're when you're incredibly abusive to me.
1: But you that's know what? hurts my feeling. It's good. That is.
0: I but let me tell my- you. You can say oh, you can always say it this way. There's I'm going to give you two perspectives, okay? Yeah. You can say this is how it makes me feel. This is the emotional conversation way. I mean, if anybody's listening, like I had to go to therapy for a long time with my ex-husband <laughs> and I learned mm-hmm. how to emotionally speak. And one of the ways mm-hmm. is you say I feel this when you do this, right? I feel like this. So you're not, you're not accusing them of doing anything. You're not. And then they're supposed to say back, it sounds like you're feeling right, this right, way. Because right, right, they're right. interpreting it from their own perspective, the way that right. you actually make them feel.
1: Right.
0: It's a terrible, terrible thing to go through. But what I know from consciousness and what I know from writing fertile is there's a lot of things that program. Energy. And it's a lot of things that program the cells. And let's go through the four things that program environment, food, emotions, and thoughts. So write those down. The environment, the food, the emotions, and the thoughts are all programming DNA. So we can have these conversations with people on this outside world, which is just like too human speaking, but there's a lot more going on that especially a woman is capable of picking up on. And those things are subtle. So that would be that when your mom's in her, your house or this woman, doesn't yeah. matter, we'll replace it with a toxic friend. We can replace it with an aunt and uncle or anyone right. in your life. You don't even have to be pregnant right now. Anybody in your life. It, if they're toxic on the inside, they're emitting that energy into your space.
1: Mm-hmm. And their
0: thoughts are unconsciously affecting you or consciously affecting you. So you know how when you think of somebody and they they call you or they know like if when you the more awakened you get, the more people know you're talking like if like if I were to say something bad about somebody, they they would know it. You right. know, and and or you know or I it It's not just about words anymore.
1: It's just so, there's so much more subtlety.
0: There's so much more subtlety to energy yeah. and to, so in the environment of a child, you've got, if we go to the, if we put ourselves in the, in the, in the moment of like being an embryo, if we become the embryo, we have to think that the embryo is, is responding to sounds. What is the embryo responding to? Back to the senses. It's responding to the way that you, when you smell a flower, your perception of it. It's responding to the way of the movement of the fluid. Like if you just think of yourself in an ocean, it's responding to the vibrations of sounds. It's responding to the way you feel with thoughts. That's consciousness. And that's like, go, if the embryo is the black womb of the dark mother. And so if you put, if you put your mind in that place of the embryo, what is being created by that? The vibrations, that's what's the DNA is being programmed with.
1: And I feel like I would not hang out with anyone.
0: (laughs) No, you would be, you would go to your most natural state, which would be nature.
1: You're right. You're so I've I've been craving that so much.
0: You would just be on walks in nature. And you would, um, you would do everything that makes you joyful and you would do nothing that makes you upset. And you would avoid all people that just don't feel right to you. And, and the more awakened you get, if you, the more aware you are of who you are and what you want, the more you can just say, this isn't right for me anymore. This person's Mm -hmm. not right for me. This apartment feels gross. This is too small. I'm ready to grow And so you do so. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. It's definitely a boundary thing. I mean, so one other layer here, which again, I'm not trying to beat the dead horse because I think I know what you're going to say, but I, it's just, this woman has also agreed to watch the baby once a week during that like during this day that she's come over. So she would kind of be, so I wouldn't have to pay a nanny or a babysitter, which is like a big deal from a financial savings perspective. But sometimes I find myself thinking like, do I want, and, and to be honest, like she is doing some work on herself. And I think like there could be a time where I would feel more comfortable with that. But as it stands right now, I'm not quite there yet. Um, but it's just, it's like, I'm having my mother do that for one day. So it's like, she wants to, right. There's this whole like grandma staking claim thing. So that's just something I'm going to have to really sit with and figure out because it might have to be like a no or a not yet or a never thing. Maybe. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, these are things that need to be, but you also, okay. You also have to realize that this child is choosing this family and this incarnation for whatever reasons they are. Right. That's a good
1: point.
0: Yeah. And so this child knows that grandma's going to come in and this grandma's going to be here. And that you don't even know, like my daughter, for example, was the mother of my (laughs) mother-in-law. And I know this because they had a very weird, a beautiful bond and almost to the point where Sage would just only go to my mother-in-law when I was in the room, just back, just wow. immediately and just ignored me She'd be like, go mom, go away. And then one time I was on the phone, this is interesting, but I was on the phone with my mother-in-law and we were having a conversation and Sage was trying to speak and, and she kept speaking over me and I said, you know, Sage, this is my daughter. And I said, you know, we are having an adult conversation right now and I need you to stop talking. And she, and I closed the, she wouldn't stop. And I closed the computer, just this, she's four when this happened, three or four. And I, and she I closed the computer and I said, you know, that was really rude that you spoke over me. And she goes, no, it was rude. You were speaking over me. She goes, that's my daughter. I said, she said, grandma is my daughter. And you were speaking over me. I was trying to talk to my daughter. And she looked at me just straight like that. And I said, oh, and I said, so, well, you're right. From that perspective, that's not very nice of me, you know, because oh she felt like God. the mother, right? And and she wow. goes, you can't talk over me when I'm trying to speak to my daughter. Oh my and she God. didn't say okay. it in an accident. way; she was claiming grandma's my daughter and that I should have the right to speak to her before you do. Oh my God. And I called my mother-in-law and I said this. So there's these, I'm bringing that up because it's a cool story. Yeah, and it was that's- <laughs> you can't make that up, right? No. And she had a good argument of why she wanted no. to talk to her, her mother, you know, like her grandma um, at that age. And so they're very intelligent, and they have their reasoning. And so you don't know the kind of relationships that they. She this child may not have anything to do with you. This child may be coming right. in to do karma cleaning for the grandma. Yeah, and and so you can't. The way the letting go of that is is just like, well, whatever needs to happen, needs to happen. But you need to also have the talks about it and the consciousness of it is you need to like look at what's going to happen, really who's going to take care of the child before the child comes out. Right. I made a huge mistake with that. I assumed I would have help. Right. And no one, and this isn't me being a victimhood, the fact was no one came to help me. Right. right. Nobody. It was the opposite story. You're going to have, and every woman is going to have different Points. You can have too right, much help or not really enough help, true. but you've got to have boundaries.
1: Right. That's that's and that has like always been my thing to grow with. So this it's so good. And it so basically, okay, are you saying this? Because this is helpful. Are you saying right now while pregnant, if if this particular woman, in this case, you know, we've been talking about my mother-in-law, is triggering me, um, and I'm not really enjoying the vibration between us and it's it's like she thinks she's helping, but it's really kind of when she leaves, I feel depleted and all this stuff, even though like she's helped around the house. Are you almost saying like, it's almost more important right now while pregnant to just like be as clear and, but kind, but like intense about my boundaries. So it's almost better now to be like, no, thank you. I don't need your help. And then once baby comes, it's more like, it's up to the baby, Like, I have to start letting go, and as long as I know the baby's safe and with people I trust, even though I'm not obsessed with their energy vibration all the time, are you basically saying it's more important now to, to manage that than, like, if she wants to watch
0: the kid? Does that make sense? Yes, it totally does, and there's a few things going on. First off, yes, I am not like the normal person that says, please your family, um, do everything that, you know, as a girl. I want
1: to break some of that too. I I appreciate that actually.
0: And I say in the time of pregnancy, it's sort of like in pregnancy, you don't drink alcohol just for, you know, you just don't. And you try to be as healthy as you can. And maybe you try to go to yoga. The basic woman maybe like tries to go on a walk, right? Right. But if we're trying to create a really, really conscious child. We've got to look at this as like motherhood, everything counts. And if there's any, in my opinion, if there's anybody toxic in your life that's affecting you while you're pregnant, get away from them Hmm. and, and, and don't feel like you have an obligation to be a certain way or anything. And this is the time and during pregnancy is the most potent time to undo all the childhood belief systems and bondings of the way we are supposed to be in this world, which is an identification Mm -hmm. with a, like, it's like what an ego is, is an identification of what it looks like to be human. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so it's like it, what an ego does, I don't know if I even know if the right, the right word is ego, but like we're in this human form. And all of the things, we, the the way we think we should look, the way we think our house should look, the way we should portray ourselves to the outside world, who we think we are is just an identification that needs to, the more you awaken, the more you have to let go of everything you thought was stable. Hmm. And so sometimes that comes in the form of relationships. And the patterns you have with these people right now are, were always the patterns you had with them. Mm-hmm. Your uncle, your aunts, your mother-in-law, they were always like this. Mm. And now you're just becoming more aware of it because you're, because mm-hmm. your consciousness is expanding while you're pregnant specifically.
1: I think that's such a like important takeaway of this conversation is that like, I've put so much effort into the, like the birth and my intuition around the birth and I love how what you're saying is actually, yeah, that's important, but the birth is just one stop on your larger awakening.
0: You know what I mean? The birth I really is like that. The birth is one stop on the larger awakening. The most important part is you. Right. The it's it, so motherhood. Nice. Everybody focuses. Everybody focus. My mystical motherhood. The purpose of fertile. The purpose of my my book, Mystical Motherhood. These two books and the books I'll write in the future in this podcast and everything I put out in the world is it's Mothering has nothing to do with the birth. It has nothing to do with social media posts. It has nothing to do with what you portray who you think you are. It's about getting to the deep, dirty, toxic awful parts of yourself that need to leave so that you don't program the child with that. And so every single pattern that's coming up for you now with these different relationships that are suddenly bothering you that never really did before is, is a part of yourself, not your mother. The mother is just bringing something up in you. You don't like that. So, but but getting away from her will give you the space to figure out how to heal it within yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you, if anyone is bothering you, it has nothing to do with that person, right? It's a mirror. It's a mirror yeah. of your own toxic parts of yourself mm-hmm. inside and patterns that you allow. And it's right. different for, and, it, and then that's what self-realization is. Mm-hmm. Self-realization is saying everybody around me. So if I'm creating my consciousness, consciousness through my thoughts, mm-hmm. through my mind, through my feelings, I'm attracting this into my world. I created it. You have, first off, if you're having a problem in your life, you have to take responsibility for creating it. Number one, that's number one part of awakening. And that's and number two for self-realization is how is this person reflecting me? Mm-hmm. And number three is it's okay to step back from that person to get space, to clear yourself enough so that you can face that person with the clear mirror. So that person, the point is to get to a place of neutrality so that you're not, you know, you're not overly in love with somebody attached and obsessed with them. And you're right. not overly, um, what our tendency in this world is, is we either, we either grab onto something and hold onto it for dear life and are attached to it. And that's what keeps us earthbound or we push it away. And we say, I don't want you around. Right. And they and those both are good. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm, I'm saying during pregnancy, yes, push things away if you are in a toxic place and it's creating that kind of thing. Right. But look at the pattern inside of yourself that created it.
1: Right. It's almost like if you are strong enough, or if you're clear enough, or neutral enough, then that person will, like, whatever they're doing, will not trigger you or bother you. It's, it's like literally like water off ducks back.
0: Yes, and and so what it is is. I mean, for me, I'm just learning this now. The water falling off the back is exactly what it is. It's like before when it would rain, everything would rain, right? And now it's just droplets. And so, like, you have to look at the biggest obstacles in your life. And this woman's going to go away, and I promise you she'll still be in your mind. Right. Right. It doesn't matter where she goes. I'm just saying you need to, sometimes we need to take, during the awakening process, it's normal to want to go and be alone because being alone allows you the space so that you're not constantly being reflected by these people. Mm -hmm. So, and then a big part of going through the awakening process is going into nature because when you go into nature, you become the child. And in order to fully awaken, you have to go back to the child mind. You have to go back to the no mind. You have to let go of everything you thought was true to, to just be amazed by the miracles that God can create. Mm -hmm. Because if you have all these thick belief systems of self, the, the all these different people that these identifications. Like if you're an over pleaser, if you um, are an overgiver, if you're an overextender, if you're super attached, if you, if you don't like a certain person, um, if you believe that you have to be so skinny, I mean, there's a thousand thought forms or you have to eat this certain food. All of these are just densities. Mm-hmm. None of it is true. Absolutely. None of it is true. And you can always prove the opposite, but you have mm-hmm. to go almost to a space to yourself to be like, the only thing that is true is my freedom of this. Mo-. Like if you're for me, I remember when I was, when I first had my Kundalini opening, I spent three years in the woods and I was pregnant most of that time. And I would Mm -hmm. just go into the woods by myself and I would look at the trees and I would go, I was, I spent all this time by myself in nature, but it Mm -hmm. got me to that child part of me, Mm -hmm. that innocent part of me. So that I could begin to loosen up enough to let go of these toxic people, relationships, and belief systems that were holding me back in life. Mm. Questions?
1: I love that. I think I definitely need more nature. And it's the times I am in nature, sometimes it's like I'm with my dog or I'm with my hubby or I'm with, which is wonderful, but it's not the same as just being with yourself. It's not the same as just like literally letting yourself aimlessly touch a tree or smell this flower or follow this path down. And it's, I'm, I'm actually going on a little day long retreat next week. That's totally in nature by myself and it's amazing. And I'm I've been looking forward to it so much. It's like, it's exactly what I need. It's exactly what I'm craving.
0: Right. And, and when you're doing Mm -hmm. that, take some, like what we can do right now. So let's take the example of your mother-in-law. So like, hold on a second. Let me just tap into her. Well, you can't say her name, so that's hard for me to do, but.
1: I can text it to
0: you. <laughs> I know, my phone's charging. <laughs> um, close your eyes. And I want you to put the scene of your mother-in-law in law In front of you now, like, and when I see this scene of your mother-in-law, it reminds what I see for you is like, it's like somebody telling you what to do and who to be. Mm -hmm. And so there's a pattern in your life. They're showing me that you already thought you broke out of this. So, okay, this is exact. This is what's going on with you. And for many people listening, this is probably what's going on. with them too, if you're listening to this, cause that's how energy works. You get answers when you ask for them. Yeah. So for example, when you left your job, I'm charging, but keep going and listening. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you left your job, you went against the grain and yeah. you said, I'm going to leave corporate America and you can't tell me what to do anymore. And there was a part of you, your programming. So a lot of the, a lot of our awakening comes with letting go of the conditioning of what we think life should look like. Um, And whatever that is for you, it is programmed within the womb and within your childhood. It's a conditioning of like, this is what we're conditioned to marry someone because that's what they look like. It, you know, like we'll marry our father in whatever form because we're conditioned to do so. And yeah. we have a house here because we're conditioned like a lot, like if you're living in suburbia and you're not happy, you're conditioned to live there. And, and the breaking free and the flying free, like a bird is getting off all those conditioning. So for you, when you were a little girl, it feels like people told you what to do a lot.
1: And I, I did it. I was like such a good little girl. You were
0: a good little girl. Cause you were a pleaser. And they told you what to do and you were listened and you were like daddy's little girl and you listened. And when you listened, daddy gave you love. And so right now you're breaking, if you're, as you're awakening, you have to break all those basic, basic identifications of like, well, I grew up as the pleaser. And I grew up listening to everybody, but now you're going against what everybody's basic um, programming is. So everybody else is programmed. You have to look at everyone in this world. 99% of humans on this planet are completely programmed. They're, They're programmed from their childhood. They're in slavery. Everyone's in slavery and they don't even know it. They're, they're unconsciously suffering from all of these, you know, fear, anxiety, worry, and um, what their parents think and what they think they should do and what they think is right and the way they should act, right? So, so that mother-in-law is also programmed. She's programmed in fear. And, and so you're now going to this awakening part of you. And so the little girl in you is saying, no, you can't tell me what to do anymore. I'm breaking this program. How does that make you feel when we say that to you?
1: Good.
0: So, so good. you're breaking a program. You're breaking a generational problem that has gone back through every one of your generations by saying, no, I'm not going to do it that way anymore. No, not right. it's not right for me. This doesn't feel right to me anymore. And and just like the gestational diabetes test, it's all a massive programming of like this is the way it is, and this is what health looks like, and and the, you know, and it's so much bigger than we know. Mm-hmm. And we live in this world, walking around, thinking that we're in control and we have no control at all because we're in this matrix of programming. Mm -hmm. So stepping out of that matrix, stepping out of the conditioning of the way things are look is a massive thing to do. And it's completely frightening because nobody else is doing it. And you're a complete cowboy in the (laughs) middle of the desert, like writing like a war flag. It's like, it's Uh like feeling like you're Joan of Arc. Like you're, you're doing something on the planet that no one else is doing. Like you're saying, I don't have a home birth. I'm I'm not going to do it that way. This doesn't feel right to me. Um, I want to program my baby with fertility of nature. I don't want to be around you cooking dinner. Yeah. And so as you step out of what you should do, you become who you really are. How does that feel?
1: So good. (laughs) So it feels like the truth.
0: So I want you to go so this is how you do it. So when you begin to see everybody in your life is a mirror of of your patterns and if and there are, you can go back into your childhood and be like who, who, what, what part of the little, the real, the, the, what part of the little girl's hurting right now? Because you have to fool in order to become the mother, in order to become the real mother, like a real mother, you have to mother yourself. And to do that, you have to mother all the little girls in you. And so the little girls in you are, are your, are your memories, which are just as alive and they live within your cells and bones. And each of these little girls, there could be many little girls within you. There could be a 3-year-old little girl, a 4-year-old girl, 5-year-old girl, and they're all at different stages and they all need to be mothered. And until they're fully mothered, and mm. until they're fully mothered, you don't really become there's parts of you that have holes in it. Mm. There's parts of your own motherhood that will always be wounded, and you'll transfer that onto your child as the wounded child. Mm. Does this make sense? Yeah. So even if you had an excellent childhood, that little, that little girl that always had to listen, who doesn't want to do that anymore is, is saying, that's why it upsets you is because you're saying, no, 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 I don't want to be that little girl who people pleases anymore. And when you're telling me that you want to come and cook dinner at my house and it's going to look like this and and I'm going to, I, you're going to come, you know, you, it's not your way anymore. It's the way I want to do it. And that's you healing the little girl in you that is saying no to daddy. Mm -hmm. So go to those places inside of you. You can do it alone, but this is your homework. And find all the places and thousands and thousands of times you said, daddy, I'll do whatever you want for your love. If this is the way you love me, if your love is conditional upon me, upon me, saying, or doing what you want, then I'll do it. And that's why all of us are so wounded is because no one has, no one on this planet is very rare to just experience love that is, has no conditions to it. And that's the heart opening of the planet. That's the awakening of humanity. How are you feeling right now?
1: Good. Really good.
0: Does this make things clearer? (laughs)
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Do you have any questions or thoughts?
1: No, I just, I feel like it's so helpful to see it that way. Cause I think so often we want to get caught up in the blaming of other people. And it's like you said, I mean, I totally know we create our own realities on a quantum level, but it's, you know, sometimes in our own lives, as the drama plays out, we forget that and we forget how, how these people can be so helpful because they can show us where exactly where it hurts.
0: Yeah. And our persona, which is our ego loves the drama because it feeds off that.
1: Right,
0: And it, fe- it feeds off of, of the pain. And so you that, you know, Eckhart Tolle has talked about the pain body. If you've ever read the power of now, yeah. and if you want to read it, you can, oh, Oprah has some really good, um, so good. Yeah. She has some good podcasts on it. If you don't want to read, which is fine with me. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) it's like your pain body, anywhere you were, your pain body is connected to these parts of yourself that are unhealed. And so whenever you have places left to heal, somebody will come in and show you that. And and the problem is, is that most people don't see it. And so they keep like, when I work with women, they're like, well, why does this person keep coming back? Or why do I keep having the same relationship? And I didn't know it. it's like, well, you haven't really healed it yet. And it will come in a different form. So you can run away from your job and do all these things, but you have to, you, you can run away from your job, but you have to go and you can't run to the next thing. You have to take that time when you leave your job or you leave that person. You have to take that time when you're in the woods to heal. Mm. That time can't just be like, it can't be back to the, you get too attached or you push something away. It's okay to push it away. But if, when you're in that pregnancy period, use that time to heal it Mm. so that it doesn't form again later. Use that time to heal the little child. So. You have to, you can make altars. So some things you can do for the, the little girl and all of you who are listening, you have to find the wounds of the child and you can, it'll be a memory where your mom slammed the door on you. It'll be a memory where she's screaming at you. It's the memories that hurt so much. You don't want to feel them again and you think they don't exist. It's the fact that you really weren't loved that much and you don't want anyone to know about it or you weren't really happy, or you were suffering and you didn't even know it. So you have to go to those memories and you have to, you can make an altar for that child. Mm-hmm. And an altar could be, um, this is from Kaya Ra. This was her idea, not my idea. Um, she's the author of The Sophia Code, which is an amazing book. If you're listening, please buy that book. But the the altar is You know, you create an altar for the little child. Like what did what are the toys she never got? How do you honor her? What is the love that she needs to feel loved again? Another thing you can do is create a house for the little girl. So in your mind's eye, you need to take the little girl out of the scene. Like so if we know our mind is powerful and we're creating our reality, using the mind as a tool in the imagination will heal the past. Okay, just trust that it will. So you have to go to those memories and you can pull the child out and put her in a safe home. Um, and give her all the food she needs, give her the toys she needs, give her the house she wants. Like, where is the house located? Is it by the ocean? What does it look like? What are the textiles of it? And so you can, as you're going through the healing process of healing your own inner child while you're pregnant or you're becoming a mother, then you, um, heal the child. You, you've got to heal the, the all the children that were hurt throughout your childhood. Even if you thought your childhood was perfect, this is the pattern. And if you words say, if you were, if you're listening and you were abused or you're raped or you're hurt by somebody and that child had to uh, be affected by it, you have to give the perpetrator who hurt you has to have some sort of consequences in your subconscious. So that perpetrator has to be sent to, um, school has to be sent to jail has to be sent somewhere or that perpetrator will constantly come back in another form in your reality because you have to remember your memories your thoughts if we know that consciousness is programmed by the four things we talked about this entire podcast we have to know that there's no there's no difference between my past my future my present there's no difference between my thoughts and my emotions there's no difference between um, spirit world and reality. We have to just think it's all consciousness. And if we know that we know that we can heal the past in the present moment, but the only way to heal the past is going into the present moment and feeling that pain. And if that pain was a rape, if that pain was an abusive father, if that pain was, you know, getting dumped by an asshole boyfriend that just hurt you, or being cheated on by your husband, go directly into that pain. Go into that crack and you will spread that crack open so wide that light can't not help but heal every part of yourself. Does that make sense so when you're going into these times that daddy it hurt you and you didn't want to do that. You were not kind of of a child. Right?
1: Yeah, no. I mean it's it's funny cuz I did have like the very happy childhood which I know, you know, again in the quotes, which a lot of people we're not lucky, you know, whatever, everybody has their own experiences, but it's amazing how even as a little kid, you can feel like little things can feel just as traumatizing, even though it's, we wouldn't define them as trauma, a big T trauma. Right.
0: Right. And it's not a trauma. It's a programming. You were programmed to people, please. And you were programmed to say if to, to get love through that and there's yeah. nothing wrong or right about it we all have to be programmed in some way right. that's the only like we're on planet earth and so right now you're untangling the programming and so everything's going to come into your matrix reality which is what it is to untangle your programming mm-hmm.
1: And it is, it is interesting because it's like, I am doing a ton of that right now, but there's always, more there's to do. so
0: yeah. much more. more and, and once you think you've unprogrammed it all, some, it's like you have to get, it's like, if you have to, so the goddess Isis, she's a weaver and she's the, actually seen as the spider because she creates webs. And you have, you have to think of, um, this detangling the programming as like untying the knots of Isis. Untying mm-hmm. the knot so that the strings are just... There's no attachments to anything or anybody. So that you have no contracts left. So that you have no obligations left. So that you're completely free. That's the only way off this planet. Is to mm-hmm. untangle every contract of way you think you should act or be. For somebody else's... That's what holds us back. That's what reincarnates us. Is, yeah. oh, I... I'm attached to that person or I'm pushing that person away. It means I have more work to do.
1: Mm.
0: So you can have your family. Yeah. And, and if the, so back, if it do the work, but if you do the work and you're staying true to yourself and those people still don't come around you, it's meaning that they're, you've already, you've done so much work that they're not in your life anymore. Mm. Does that make, you can do so much work on yourself that those, the back to the frequencies that those people you don't have any more things to work out with them. They don't fit into your reality. They don't fit into your mind structure anymore because you've done the healing. Like if you have a friend that just doesn't work for you anymore, you could just be completely outgrowing the need to learn that lesson again. You know, if, and most of our friendships are not friendships. They're based on we go out and drink together. We go out and shop together. We go right, out and right. gossip together. We right. go out and smoke cigarettes together or do drugs together. Um, we have sex with um, men and talk about it together. Yeah. You know, we don't know what friendship is. Mm-hmm. friendship is. Friendship is another person telling you the reality of what's really going on in your life and being honest. <laughs> like, no, you're really messed up right now. You need to get it together. Or I love you so much. I love you so much that I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah. And I'm going to help you grow because I'm growing too. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: Is this like a huge reality hit? Was it good?
1: Really good. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. And my my heart is, like, has been hurting this whole, like, second half of the conversation, which is where my wounds are, which is a good sign. (laughs) Like, it's good. It's it's a good, like, yeah, because I I got some unfinished business to work out.
0: And And we all do. I am constantly surprised at how much garbage I still am letting go of. I'm like... I thought I did that, but that's what serve, I don't even know how to pronounce the word. It's so powerful. That's what self sovereignty is, or like having your own power is having no attachments, right, right, to anything. And and then once you begin to awaken, you'll realize how much you were controlled, how much you had no conscious conscious creation of your environment. So the becoming a co-creator with God, becoming a co-creator with reality of what is, you cannot be abundant, prosperous, co-creator and and change this planet if you have these contracts or ties or um, familial or generational problems or density in the DNA that holds you back from being one with God. You have to untangle every single one of them. And it's so hard and it's effing painful. And it's the, and the reason why nobody does it, the reason why nobody does it is because it's difficult and, and it's painful. And you have to look at all the parts of yourself that are just that you have, you have to look at the parts of yourself you don't like, because we all want to say it's that person or they're causing it. And it's not me, it's them. And sure. Sure. They are causing it, but you are accepting it and you are, you have to look at your own self-worth of why you, why do you allow the neglect? Sure. They could be really neglectful and they could be really abuse, abusive, and they could have raped you or hurt you. But how did you get yourself in that situation in the first place to learn that lesson? How, how did that happen? You know, I, like, like. If you're in a marriage that you're with an abusive or neglectful or toxic person, why are you married to them? There's a part of you that you have not healed to allow that kind of abuse in your life. It's all about you, love.
1: Right.
0: And, and that's for anybody and me. I'm talking yeah. to myself right now. Yeah. The only person I'm talking to is me because that's what I'm always working on is me. Yeah.
1: So oh, good this is a really good this is really good Tommy. topping. good I needed this this is exactly what I needed